Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards with Impact Cyber Church. I am glad you are here with us today. This is February 2019, and every time I say the words 2019, uh, my head almost spins around. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I was born in the 50s, early 50s. I mean, I, I just barely, I was born in 1951, so I just barely made it out of the 40s. And uh, man, the idea that we would be here on planet Earth at this time is just an amazing thing to me. But we are. And here's the incredible thing. As bad as the world is, I am telling you, in, in my 68 years uh, uh, of of walking planet Earth, I've, I've never seen a time that it was as bad all over the world as it is now. But the amazing thing is, even though there's this incredible progression of darkness, there's also this incredible progression of light. See, the Bible talks about how as we approach the end, there's a polarization of light and darkness. <clears throat> well, in order for there to be a polarization, it means there has to be near equal power or near equal strength on both parts. And what I am seeing is I am seeing that we are having insights into who we are in Jesus, into the new covenant, into what Jesus provided for us through his death, burial, and resurrection in ways that we just did not see in the past. And the amazing thing is that in all of this darkness and corruption that's out there, a lot of believers are living the most incredible life that you could imagine because uh, knowledge is increasing. And that's knowledge of evil, but that's also knowledge of the Lord, knowledge of the good things of God. And so, you know, we started out in January, 1st of January, talking about resolution, making resolutions that last. And, and you know, we, uh, we offered you the book Wired for Success, which if you did not get that in January, I'd really encourage you to go ahead and get it get the book and you get, a, get access to a free video conference uh, where I'm teaching about Wired for Success, how to put this stuff into practice. And one of the things that, that you've been learning, if you've been following me all through January, one of the things that you're, that you're learning is that, is that because we are created the likeness and the image of God, we always have the power of choice. And we are the only species that exists that can make the quality of our life better by the choices that we make. And you've been learning now over these last uh, uh, five weeks, you have been learning how to actually make decisions that can and will always, always, always come to pass. And, and I'm talking about the decisions that you're making about yourself, not about other people. You don't have authority over anybody else. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, the only thing that we have authority over is, is the natural world, the animals, and ourselves. But it's amazing for so many people when they want their life to get better, they try to exercise authority or control over everybody else instead of themselves. And the truth is your life can only improve to the degree that you accept personal responsibility and you make choices that change and develop 
uh, uh, who you are in Jesus. You make choices that where you put on the new man, the, the righteous man that has, that, that has been given to you by the new birth. And you put that on and you enter into, into a realm that changes inside of you. And so when you make decisions or uh, uh, resolutions or new choices, which all of them are a form of repentance because you're changing your mind about the quality of your life. When you make decisions based on your sense of who you are in Jesus, I got news for you. Those decisions will come to pass. And the only thing that you have to do to make resolutions, choices, decisions that will always come to pass is put all of your focus on being the person who can live that life that you want to have, that life that you're dreaming of, that life that you, that you expect to come to pass. And that's, that's what we've been talking about from, from January to now. And I'm telling you what, I am giving you keys to unlock the kingdom. And I, I hope you're understanding that. Today we're talking about the pathway of peace and success. Now, it's, it, uh, this program is being released on Valentine's Day. And uh, I want you to have a great Valentine's Day, however you would traditionally celebrate it. I'm going to share some things today that's going to help you if you want to have Valentine's Day 365 a year. Um, but next week, I'm going to share some steps, some things that you can apply if you really want to change the whole romantic vibe of your household, the whole quality of the relationship with your spouse. Uh, but, but I want you to go ahead and celebrate however you're going to, uh, because uh, uh, today I'll give you some things to think about and apply. But next week, I'm going to give you some things that are going to dramatically empower you to have a great quality of life. Now, last week, we talked about holistic success. I love talking about holistic success. You know, um, I, have, I have worked with people across America that have been very influential uh, in, in life coaching, uh, have been very influential uh, in, in business coaching and this sort of thing. You know, back several years ago, I made a movie along with some of the top uh, uh, success teachers in America and actually wrote a book with the top 12 success teachers in America. And basically I was invited to write that book, even though I wasn't in that business, even though I wasn't in that market, what I taught from the word of God, the company that put that book together considered my teaching to put me in the top 12 success teachers in America. And one of the things that I teach when I'm in those environments is holistic success, because I'm telling you what most people do to have success ends up destroying either their health, their marriage, their relationship with their kids, their relationship with their community or their relationship with God. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the books I haven't released it, wrote it years ago. I'll be actually hopefully releasing it this year. It's called it's called How to Succeed at Business Without Losing Your Soul. And I'm telling you, most people do not know how to live in holistic success. And what I want for you is that everything you do to succeed, whether you're trying to make your marriage more successful, your relationship with your kids more successful, with your, your finances more successful, it doesn't really matter. I want you to be able to approach that in such a way that when you have success in one area of your life, it benefits every other area that you value. And I'll tell you, there's a couple of ways that you can know if that's, if that's what you're doing. And part of it is walking this pathway of peace. 
Now, <clears throat> we don't need to recap, but we'll just, we'll just, I'll just remind you that the Bible says that God gives us the power or the capacity to get wealth. And we discovered that, that the word shalom, uh, which is a word that we usually just translate as peace from the Hebrew, also has to do with happiness, health, prosperity, peace, all of these things. And the Greek word that is used for peace in the New Testament is the same way. It has to, it has to do with healing and, and, and benefiting every area of your life. So when we enter into the peace of God, we are entering into a realm where, where every dimension of our life will benefit. And so when you're, when you're approaching something, you know, the Bible tells us when, when we're approaching a new endeavor, when we come to a crossroads, that we need to be sure and choose the path wisely, and we should choose the path based on the fear of God. Now, again, the legalist, you know, makes the fear of God to be about God hurting you or being afraid of God. But we know that that's not the case because if you just literally translate the concept of the fear of God or the words, the fear of God, it talks about an awe and a respect that leads to love, trust and worship. As a matter of fact, when Jesus quoted the scripture, when he was on the Mount of Temptation, where he, where he talked about, you know, you should serve the Lord, him only shall you worship. That word for worship, uh, uh, he was quoting a scripture that used the word fear, fear of God there. And so the fear of God from a biblical perspective has never been living in this terror of God hurting you or harming you. And we know that the ancient sages, basically their concept of the fear of God, because it, there was an awe and there was a respect and there was a love and love has to do with value and preciousness. It, it, the relationship with God was so valuable to you that you didn't want to do anything to hurt or to hinder that relationship. And you know, that's the same way it should be with our spouse or with our kids is we don't want to do anything that in any way is going to diminish that relationship. And that's kind of what the fear of God is about. And so, so when we're choosing a path, see, the f wisdom proceeds from the fear of God. Wisdom is the practical application of truth. And we've talked a lot about wisdom here in years gone by. Wisdom is the practical application of truth. And it's the spiritual application of truth. So, so the fear of God, the, this, this passion, this love, this respect, this all, this preciousness for God always leads to wisdom. It leads to walking delicately before the Lord, as one scripture puts it in the original language. Uh, you walk softly before the Lord because of reverence, because of love. You know, uh, you know I got up this, this morning and uh, I got up before my wife did. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we actually we stayed up late last night. We actually watched a, a Christmas movie that we really, really enjoyed. And we just enjoyed having the time together and just, you know, it just... So, so we stayed up later than usual. So this morning I get up and, you know, one of the, one of the uh, curses of, of getting my age, uh, it's a cursing and a blessing, and that is when the sun comes up, your eyes open uh, when, you're, when you're my age. And uh, so, you know, so I ended up getting up a lot earlier than I wanted to, but I didn't want to wake her up. She was able to sleep, a little, sleep in a little bit. We'd been up late. And, you know, so I found myself tiptoeing around the room because I don't want to interrupt her sleep because I, because, 
you know, I want her to feel good today. I want her to have a great day. I'm not tiptoeing around because I'm afraid she'll jump out of bed and cuss me to the ground. I'm tiptoeing around because she is precious to me and I, and, and I want to express that preciousness. That's the way it is when the Bible talks about us, how we relate to God and how we walk before Him gently. But, uh, not because we're afraid He's going to jump up and do something bad to us. It's all about Him being precious. So, so the fear of the Lord, God being precious to you, leads to wisdom. And wisdom is always softly and, and, and submissively uh, walking with God, always seeking to, to apply the truth in, in the way that glorifies God, always seeking to apply the truth though in the way that keeps you on the pathway of peace. Because wisdom, the pathway of wisdom, leads to peace. It leads to life. It leads to all of the things that we really, really desire in our life. You know, in fact, you know, the ancient Hebrews, they don't look at sin the way, or they didn't look at sin the way that we do today, because their concept is not that people commit sins because they're just horribly evil all the time. Now, they, they, I mean, there is allowance for the fact that the pagans are evil, evil the ones sacrificing to other gods. But even in those extreme situations, they consider people to do wicked, destructive things, but really, but just because they don't have the knowledge of God. They just don't know how good God is. They don't know who God is. They don't know what to depend on with God in these uh, uh, in these circumstances that they're walking through. And so, so we, we want to walk this pathway of peace. Now, our first concept of peace, of course, is to have a, just a tranquil state of mind. But remember, peace, the word shalom, it gets into safety, completeness, soundness, uh, uh, welfare, health, Prosperity. Now, these, I'm just looking up the. Right, these, I'm just reading this straight out of the out of the Hebrew concordance. Quietness, tran tranquility, contentment, friendship, uh, a peace from war, peace from trouble. So the the reality of it is, and this is the, this is the way I describe both the the Greek word for peace and the Hebrew word for peace. Peace is a tranquil state of mind that comes. Uh, from the result of knowing that you are connected with God in such a way that you have His protection, you have His leadership, and you have all of His resources available to you uh, and, and, and at your disposal. That's what the peace of God is about. So when I make a decision about life, I want to walk the pathway of peace. Now, let me say something here, because, you know, this being... Uh, released on Valentine's. Of course, a lot of people will watch this throughout the year because it stays on our website. But uh, uh, one of the things when I think about peace and having peace in my heart, the Hebrew letter for peace, the bet, or if it's got a little dot there, it's, can, it's pronounced as a vet, a, 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 a V or a B. Now, that letter represents both the heart and your household. And so there's a concept there that says, if I have peace in my heart, then peace can manifest, it can, it can permeate my household. And so 
one of the ways that I know that I am remaining in peace with the decisions that I'm making <coughs> is, is it bringing peace to my household? Is it, is, is it making my wife feel safe? Is it making my children feel safe? If it's people that I'm in business with, are they feeling safe? Are, you know, am I making decisions and carrying out those decisions in a way that, that points people toward optimism and faith and hope with that deep feeling of security? Because if everybody around me, now keep in mind, I understand there's exceptions to what I'm saying. There are times that that God will speak to me about something to do. And, uh, and it's pretty challenging for the people around me. I understand that. By the way, one of the great strengths of, of mine and Brenda's marriage is this. You know, if I just tell my wife that I have an idea that I want to run by her, then she's going to give me her, she's going to give me her input, her uh, objective input, and she may like it. She may not like it. She may encourage me to follow it. She may encourage me to, to reconsider. She may tell me to slow down and think about it, or she may tell me this is just sounds stupid, you know, and, uh, and I welcome that input. That's the reason I asked for that input. But one of the great things that Brenda and I have established over nearly 40 years of marriage, and that is, if I go to her and say, I have heard from the Lord in this, I know in my heart, this is what I need to do. At that point in time, she pretty much says, okay, you know, because I know you're not, you don't say that haphazardly. And I don't, you know, I tell you, it drives me crazy when I'm around people where every decision they make is God spoke to me. I heard from God. God said this to me. God said that to me. You know, you kind of back yourself into a corner when you claim that God's the one telling you all this stuff. So what, what, do, you, what do you do when you're wrong then? What do you do when, when you don't really have the solution that you, you know, that you think you have? And you, you, you know, the minute you've taken this stand that this is God speaking to me, then you, you're going to either blame God for how it goes or you're going to, have to come up with some kind of excuse for why it doesn't go right. You're going to, have to blame somebody else. I mean, it gets really, really complicated. And so... You know, look back at your track record, and if you have a tendency to be about 50-50 on knowing when it is God, when it's not God, quit saying it. Just, just quit saying it and, and wait until you can say it with an assurance that your family and the people around you can trust and will make that journey with you. But we want to stay in the peace of God when we're making these you know, business decisions, when we're making decisions about how to manage our money. You know, it, it amazes me how many, how many men really do not include their wives in their business decisions under the, the concept or the idea that she doesn't really understand my business. Well, it's, the important thing is not whether or not she understands your business. The important thing is whether or not she understands you. That's the important thing. Now, any of you who've ever heard me teach on, on success in business, you've heard me use this example, but I'm going to use it again because this is not just a one-time happening. This is kind of the way it works for me and Brenda. And Brenda and I first got married. Man, we were under the gun financially. I had been in and out of the hospital for, for a couple of years. Uh, we, had, uh, we, we got married and we had all kinds of legal fees that we had to come up with. Um, we, you know, I, I was ad adopting her children and there was a legal battle over that, all kinds of things. And I'm, I'm telling you what, it was tough financially. So I had, to, I had to get up every morning that I was able to. And I was still sick when we got married. So, I, so there were, I would go for 
lengthy times that I could not work. It was, it was literally impossible for me to get out of bed and work. I was so sick. And so every day that I felt like it, man, I had to get up and go out and believe God to find ways to create finances or to create wealth because God gives you the capacity to get wealth. And so that, you know, that's what I needed was the capacity to get wealth. And I'll tell you something. It was through those times where I was opening my heart up to lead me in how to, to get wealth without it destroying me that God caused me to have to face some of my greatest fears about finances, some of my greatest fears uh, about living in lack and just getting by and all those kinds of things. And, and it was a really important time. But, but there, was a particular, there was a particular opportunity that I was looking at. And I, you know, I went to Brenda and I said, look, I'm really thinking about this. I think I see a chance here that we can make some decent money and you know, dig our way out of this hole that we're in. And uh, it was going to require me working at night. And uh, so, so, you know, we, we, we put together a plan uh, that I would spend time, I would have time to spend with the kids in the evening. I have time to spend with her and still go out and have, have appointments. And so we had to schedule everything. But we, we, we made this deal that if within a year, this did not produce financially, what we had hoped it would produce. It doesn't matter how close we were to it, we'd get out of it, we'd do, we'd do something else. <clears throat> well, you know, we get down to the end of that year and the honest truth is we were close, but we had not hit our target. And, you know, Brenda and I had this discussion. I said, you know, I can do this. I can step it up a little bit and I'll do this. I'll do this. And she said, Jim, I know how you are. And I know that if you commit to do this, you're going to throw yourself into this. And if you've got to throw yourself into this more than you already have for, for this to work, then you're going to be gone. And it's not going to be long. You're not going to have a relationship with our kids and you're not going to have much of a relationship with me because you're going to be gone all the time working. And she said, and she said, I don't understand how this business works and I don't understand the details of it, but I understand you. I know how you are. You know what? There's been a whole lot of times through the uh, the nearly 40 years of marriage that Brenda has had to say to me, I don't understand that plan. I don't understand how, you know, how this is going to work, but I understand you. And m many times that meant if you do this, here's what you're really going to do. And here's what's really going to come out of it. Sometimes it meant other people may not think you can do it, but I know you, I know you can do it. But the point is I need it for her to come into this situation and have peace. So <clears throat> Listen, I'm telling you, you want to have, you want to ha make decisions that don't just bring peace into your heart, but because your heart is the main influencer in your household, you want to bring peace in your household. Listen, I just want to share something about a special offer with you. All right, I want to talk, kind of wrap this up, and I want to talk about the, uh, um, the, Hebrew word shalom. Because remember, every letter in a Hebrew word has its own definition. And to fully understand that letter, you have to understand the definition of every word. The word, the word shalom starts with the, the, the letter sign. And, and this particular letter is kind of interesting because this is the picture for fire. And fire represents passion. And so shalom, the peace of God is not just this passive state of being. It is this state of passion. 
and it's God's passion because God wants to use his power to bring shalom into our lives. He wants to use, he is passionate for us to live in peace because when we live in peace, we're going to live godly. When we live in peace, we're going to be able to hear the Holy Spirit. When we live in peace, we're going to be a positive influence on the world around us and we're going to help other people come to the knowledge of God. But that shine also indicates a, a wholeness, a, 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 a completeness. It represents God's filling or, or, or consuming fire. So God wants you to be filled with this consuming fire that leads you to, to the same passion for wholeness that he has for you. And then now we're, now we're talking about the root word for shalom here. The second letter in the root word is the lamed. Now lamed is a picture, kind of looks like a lightning bolt. It's a picture of a person down on their knees with their hands raised up to God because they're reaching up to heaven for divine knowledge. They're reaching up to heaven to hear the voice of God. What's interesting is, is in one of the little limbs on the letter, there's a little bump, a little knot in one of those little limbs. And that bump represents uh, the heart. And it's talking about this person that's crying out for, for, for this knowledge, for this teaching to, to come into their heart. Now, what's interesting, this letter also implies that when this teaching comes into your heart, that it gives purpose to your life. So suddenly now you're approaching life with purpose. And so you got this passion uh, uh, for, for shalom. You got this passion. See, we should have, we should have a passion to be successful. I'm not saying we all need to crave to be millionaires, but I'm telling you, we should all crave a level of success in our life where we always have a more than enough so that we can give to every good work. That's what the apostle Paul said, that God make it possible for you to give to every good work. You know, the person who just wants to get by, that person has no interest in being able to help anybody else. They have no passion for the world. And shalom, this kind of peace, always drives you to a passion to reach beyond where you are. And then the last letter in Shalom is the letter Mem. And the letter Mem refers to the knowledge of God. And when the letter Mem is the last letter of the word, it's usually what they call the closed Mem, which is going to bring hidden knowledge. It's going to bring knowledge into your heart that's going to show you how to apply the word, the truth in your particular setting, how to find the path and walk the path that's going to keep you connected to God, keep you connected to who God is, keep you connected to this passion. And you're never going to get off path and find yourself succeeding financially, but destroying your family, destroying your health, because you're going to stay on this path where God's presence is. Listen, I, I hope you're getting something out of this. Let me mention this to you, by the way. My new book, Heaven on Earth, it's all about the mysteries of the kingdom of God, which is all about how to live and prosper and succeed and have this quality of life called the kingdom of God right here on planet Earth. So be sure and check it out. Also, I'll be talking to you next week. We're going to go on with this and we're going to talk to you about how, uh, Valentine's every day of the year. 
Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.